Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Recently, we've been talking about ritual and the shell of ritual and how you need to fill that shell that is ritual with consciousness and with wisdom because if you merely go through the performance of ritual without consciousness and without wisdom um, the experience is not what the experience is supposed to be and the experience is lacking in legitimacy Uh, it becomes a act of obedience as opposed to an act of transcendence. Now, that doesn't mean you shouldn't do acts of obedience because we need to do acts of obedience. But we also have to become transcendent. And if we can mesh the act of obedience with an act of transcendence, then we've reached a different level of being within our deen, within our religion, within our way, within our understanding. But prior to understanding things, we sometimes need explanations of what they are. Like to say you have to fill your ritual, you have to fill your life with consciousness and with wisdom flies over most people's heads. What's consciousness? What's wisdom? What's it mean? How does it work? What is it? These are big words, yet to get a grasp on them is a difficult thing. Bismillah irahman irahim. Bismillah irahman irahim. In the name of Allah, the merciful and the compassionate. Consciousness is becoming closer to Allah. Consciousness is having a state of being where that which you are involved in moves towards Allah. Wisdom is making the right choices. Wisdom is knowing what it is that brings you closer to Allah and choosing to do that which brings you closer to Allah. And what is the key to understanding all of this? Bismillah, irahman, irahim. In the name of Allah, the merciful and the compassionate. 
Mercy is consciousness. Wisdom is mercy. Compassion is consciousness. Compassion is wisdom. If we choose compassion, we are doing the wise thing. And if we choose compassion, we are elevating our consciousness. Within these few words, Bismillah, Irahman, Irahim, which we are supposed to say before everything, is one of the keys to the mysteries of understanding what these words mean. The level of your consciousness is the level of your compassion. The depth of your consciousness is the depth of your compassion. If you walk around and all of your acts come from compassion, if all of your acts come from mercy, then you are in an exalted state because the acts are based in an exalted state. And Rahman and Rahim, mercy and compassion, are exalted states. Why? Because they're God's state. So, the terminology may be confusing. The words need definition. In the same way we have to fill the shell of religion with consciousness, we have to fill these words that we throw around so readily with understanding. And the understanding is not difficult. What's difficult is the transformation into compassion, the transformation into mercy, and the choice to constantly choose mercy and compassion. When anger comes, do we stay with anger, or do we choose mercy and compassion? When jealousy comes, do we choose jealousy, or do we choose mercy and compassion? When hastiness comes, do we choose hastiness, or do we choose mercy and and compassion. Do we in every instant act with mercy and compassion as the bedrock of what we do? Is it the foundation of who we are? Because consciousness isn't going to be, as we say, elevated without that occurring. So, When we talk about consciousness, what are we really talking about? We're talking about the qualities of Allah. That's elevated consciousness. Degraded consciousness is quite simply acting like animals who act for their own self-preservation, who act in order to fulfill just their needs. Elevated consciousness is when our deeds extend beyond our own needs. When our deeds 
are an assist to the world. Just like Allah is in a constant giving state for us to reach higher levels of consciousness, we need to be able to extend beyond ourself. So, limited consciousness is limited to our needs. Extended consciousness is empathetic to the needs of everything that surrounds us. Limited consciousness is elemental qualities, is animal qualities. Elevated consciousness is dealing within godly qualities, is dealing within the parameters of Bismillah, Irahman, Irahim. So, consciousness is a function of what we do, who we are, and how we react to things. Do we react to things in an egocentric way, or do we react to things in a godly way? And as we react to things in a godly way, (coughs) our consciousness becomes elevated. And we could just as easily say, instead of saying our consciousness becomes elevated, our mercy and our compassion become elevated. And as our mercy and compassion become elevated, we enter into the ecstatic state of being near Allah. So, how do you reach ecstatic states? By being merciful. How do you reach ecstatic states? By being compassionate. How do you reach ecstatic states? By being God-like. How do you reach ecstatic states? By having empathy for all of those who surround you and you have contact with. When you feel their joy, you become ecstatic. When you feel their pain and can react as a salve to their pain, you become ecstatic. The benefits of mercy and compassion are not only for all of those who surround you, they're for you. Imagine the difference in your state of being walking around jealous and angry or walking around merciful and compassionate. Who are you? What do you become in those separate states? Now, we need to really understand this in this way, because then we have a methodology for working on our consciousness. We have a methodology for working on our states. We have a methodology for viewing ourselves and determining where you are. When we walk around with resentment and we feel other people as lesser than us or as degraded, we carry that kind of a feeling within us. If we carry that feeling within us, Only if we can recognize what we're doing will we make an attempt 
to change it. Only if we recognize the benefit of what we're doing will we make a change. Uh, I'm sorry. Only if we recognize the burden that we're carrying when we do that will we attempt to change it and to get into the right space and into the right state. Now they talk about state and station. State means a temporary manifestation of higher consciousness. Station means that you have become to where you are in that state all the time. Well, what's it mean? It means a state is when you're merciful for a few seconds. A station is when you are merciful. Mercy has become your M.O., your modus operandi. It's the way that you work. And all of the hindrances that come against you working that way. What is that? That's the true jihad. That's the jihad between the ability to have true mercy and compassion or to go back to making the wrong choices, the choices that are worldly, the choices for our individual selves, the animal choices, the choices that the animal nature within us makes. So we have to get to the point where the animal nature is no longer a nature that we allowed to abide in ourselves. We no longer let it be who we are. And it's an interesting phenomenon because most people think that in order to be successful, you have to do things in the world. You have to be a mover and a shaker. You have to be a pusher and a puller. You have to have ways to measure your accomplishments. Well, mercy can't be measured. Compassion can't be measured. But it can be understood. And you can know when you're in that state and you can know when you're not in that state. The wise men said, know yourself in order to know your Lord. What part of yourself do you need to know? Do you need to know the part of yourself that acts like a bear? Do you need to know the part of yourself that acts like a hippopotamus or a rhinoceros? You need to know the part of yourself that acts with mercy and compassion. The part of yourself that has broken through the rock of the heart and is no longer hard. The part of yourself that's become soft. And it's only when you become soft that mercy and compassion can abide in you. Mercy and compassion can't abide in a rock-like heart because there's no empathy there. It can't be penetrated. That's why the image of the rock is there, because the rock is hard. 
we need to be the ones who are melted and the ones who refuse to turn back into a rock. You know, when you see a lava come out of, uh, of the earth, if you would take something very cold and apply it to the lava, the lava stops being lava and it turns back into a rock. So there's always the possibility that even though we are in a melted state, we will become rock-like again because of our reactions to the world, because of our interactions with the world. Isa, Jesus, said, turn the other cheek. Why? Because if you don't, you will become a rock again. And if you become a rock again, what happens to you? You lose your mercy and compassion. You lose <coughs> you lose your elevated state. And if you lose your elevated state, what do you lose? You lose your godliness. You lose your connection to the truth. And once again, you become enveloped by illusion and reaction to illusion. You become one who plays with the elements. You become one who no longer is focused on Bismillah, Irahman, Irahim. There's a difference between saying it and meaning it. We have to say it and mean it. Saying is the shell, meaning is the consciousness. And we have to be elevated to that place. We have to become the ones who are merciful in the face of the illusory nature of this grasping world that says, I need for me. In uh, sometime around 1969, I think, uh, I was taking a course, it may have been earlier than that, I was taking in the, a course in the philosophy of education, the philosophies of understanding. And it was the uh, assignment that was given out in class to each person to present one philosophy of understanding. And this young lady uh, wrote on the board uh, Darwin's theory, uh, the survival of the fittest. And uh, she called up two people to the front of uh, the class, and there was a little table set up at the front of the class. One of the people she called up was me. Mistake. And <laughs> another person she called up was about uh, two-thirds of my size. And she told us to arm wrestle. And, of course, I won. It was an obvious uh, result. And she gave me an apple because the f fittest 
gets the reward. I took a bite of the apple and gave the apple to the person sitting across from me. And that's why it was a mistake to call me up. Because I wasn't going to react in the way the world wanted me to react. I wasn't going to do things in the way the world understands things should be done. Um, At least that moment. We need to stop doing things in the way the world wants us to react. We need to stop doing things in the way the world expects us to react. People do things for power. People do things for wealth. People do things for gain. We need to be satisfied with the unseen. We need to be satisfied with Rahman and Rahim. Now, how do you get satisfied with Rahman and Rahim? By looking at the nature of the world and actually watching it and watching what happens to everything in the world. Watching what happens to the very, very rich who get strung out on cocaine because they don't have anything to do other than drugs. They've done everything and they're still looking for things to do. So they go to the hole that eats them up. We need to go to the place that brings us up, that elevates us, that takes us to the truth, to hak, to reality. And the only place that does that is to go to elevated consciousness. And what is elevated consciousness? Rahman and Rahim. And it's only when we understand the simplicity of it that we can actually grasp how to do it. As long as it's, as long as we use words like theosophic and, and spiritual we aren't grasping what it is that needs to be done. We're talking at it. We're college professors pointing at the board and saying this word means this and that word means that without ever having lived mercy and compassion. Once we live it, we don't need to talk about it because we become it. Except some of us talk about it all the time. We have different jobs. But the point is that we need to understand it. And then it will flow from you naturally. It will flow from your acts. It will flow from your presence. It will flow from your being. It will be there with you. And you and it will merge and that's when la ilaha illallah happens. That's when you disappear and mercy becomes what's going on. That's when you disappear and compassion is what's going on. Bismillah, irahman, irahim leads to la ilaha illallah. I don't exist, only God exists. So we talk about the merciful and the compassionate, that one God. And then we talk about 
the fact that that is all there is and we disappear into that. We need to understand it. And we need to not think that this is a difficult, non-understandable path. It's not difficult to understand. It's just difficult to do. And the point is, we can't understand it until we are it anyway. So stop trying to understand it and just try to be merciful. Try to be compassionate. Try to, in each instant, make the choice for mercy and compassion. And then it's understood. Baba would say only God can know God. Well, only mercy can know mercy. Only compassion can know compassion. You can't write it on a blackboard and know it. All you can do is write it. Or all you can do is read it. Or all you can do is say it. What needs to happen is to be it. So, now we know what we need to be. So the next thing is, do it. And doing it is the jihad. Doing it is the work. Doing it is the holy war. Because these are holy things. And leaving the world and entering these holy things is what's been given to us to do. What's been given to us to become. So let's fulfill the birthright that Allah gave us which is the birthright of Bismillah Irahman Irahi. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah wa barakatuhu. May it be so for all of us. May it be easy for all of us. May we understand it and become it. Amin, amin, ya Rabbi Lala.